What is going on, everybody? And for the fifth time this season, welcome to a victory edition of the OBR Game Day Rewind. The Cleveland Browns in shutout fashion today take down the Arizona Cardinals 27 to nothing. And we're going to talk all about it. Everything we love, things we saw maybe they can work on and everywhere in between. Uh, so we're going to break all that down. Before we get into that, make sure you are tuned in and following the OBR everywhere that you possibly can. Get to the OBR.com and hit that subscribe button. Make sure you, you follow uh, the OBR on all the socials. Uh, and again, make sure you are tuned in, whether you're on YouTube or Twitch. Hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, uh, and join us on our journey as we follow through this uh, Cleveland Browns season. I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Joining me tonight, the uh, the dynamic trio of Andrew Spade, Jake Burns, Brad Ward, and boys. I don't care. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care who's on the other side. I've been through too much and I've seen too much to watch your team win twenty-seven to nothing and to pitch a shutout. Man, this is a good feeling tonight. This is a good feeling. I agree. It is a good feeling. It feels great. Uh, there's nothing wrong in Brownstown when you're when you win twenty-seven to nothing, right? Like. Whatever issues the team has faced this year, despite being five and three, I think we've at times all felt it, right? That it didn't feel as even as the, their record should make it feel. Uh, but yeah, a game like today, and there's, it's not, I'm not, not to say that I don't think people can have other opinions, but I think it's very hard to have those opinions when you see everything coming together like this, right? It, it is absolutely a balm that kind of washes away a lot of the, any sort of residual hesitation, it's very hard not to buy all the way back in and start to talk about how this team gets healthy and gets to the postseason and then makes a run. That's the only thing I can think about. Yep, regardless of skill level, 27 nothing, shutting an NFL team out, always a good thing. We can pick apart some of the other stuff here in a little bit, but yeah, nothing but good vibes around that type of win. Uh, you know, I mean, the jet injury is tough. You know, yeah. that, that's the thing you look at. You come out of a win, you want to be healthy. Uh, we'll talk about that again, and that'll be a, a, certainly a topic of, uh, you know, some 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 debate and analysis over the next six days. But really good win, and a team that's clearly bought into the head coach's message, and you know they're they're very keen to bouncing back with Kevin. They 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 suffer some of those tough losses like they did last week, and they've done a nice job of rallying. And his point in the locker room afterward has been rallying and right getting getting back on the right track and erasing those tough losses. I remember last year the Jets loss. They did a great job of coming back the next week and beating Pittsburgh. And, and you know, they, they have those tough road losses here and there. And Kevin does a good job of getting them home and winning. And listen, they're supposed to win this game, but they dominated it. And and again, we'll talk about the, those details. But yeah, you should feel, as Andrew said, and Mike's alluding to, feel really good about that win. And your team, as they're sitting at five and three with long stretches of no Nick Chubb, long stretches of no Deshaun Watson, and, uh, you know, losing their right tackle for the year. So that's that's a great spot to be in. And that's what we expected in, uh, as far as coming into this game. And they delivered. Yeah, love to see uh, everybody in the chat fired up. Everybody locked in. Oh, yes. Uh, great participation. Fantastic. Uh, at, to Jake's point, Kevin Stefanski now 19-7 and seven off of a loss. Um, I mean, that's a pretty incredible record for bouncing back in situations and not letting losses stack up on top of each other. Uh, so really good stuff. They were dominant. They handled their business. The defense was, you know, what we, they were amazing. Yeah. They pitched a, a shutout, you know, almost perfect game. So, uh, that was great. Uh, there's stuff we can talk about on the offense and quarterback and stuff, but it, it's, uh, yeah, there's nothing. This, this is what 
coming home and handling your business against an inferior team looks like, and they did it perfectly. So Uh, I do want to shout out before, because I do want to, I want to start on the offensive side of the ball, but we got to shout these people out in the comments right now because it's gifted sub central happening in the comments. It's flying. It's hard for me to even keep up with. I know, I know Ian's doing it, but so far I've seen Warpath EJH with five gifted subs. I've seen Matt J Darcy with five gifted subs. Uh, Let's see. I saw Pat Shea with five gifted subs. Who else? Who else? Paul Spencer, five gifted subs. You guys are awesome. You guys are rolling. I know you guys are excited. Oh, look, Patrick's excited. He's over here. He's pumped that we got gifted subs going on. He's excited. The Browns won. You guys are excited. The Browns won. We really appreciate the fact that you guys are doing that. That keeps people connected with us here at the OBR. And so thank you to you guys that do that uh, and that gift those subs out. So, boys, I want to start. Go watch your show. I love you. (laughs) I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, And let's have the conversation uh, about Deshaun Watson, because when the game started, things looked a little rocky with Deshaun. Uh, Things looked like he was having a hard time getting things squared away. And uh, the throws were low and coming out a little too firm. It's like he was overthrowing uh, the ball. Um, And how how am I supposed to even hear when when he's pulling the things out of my ears? There we go. You do a little Uh, talking, Mike. I know. <laughs> That's fair. That's, Andrew, hey, go listen. Ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Listen, talk I don't about, want to hear. About him. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great Please. way to it's a great way to put it, Mike. That I think there was there was a fair amount of concern early uh, because the throws that he was having the most trouble with were the shorter throws, uh, dump offs and 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 screens, and the the lack of accuracy and comfort was noticeable. Uh, and then, of course, there was that ripped throw down the left sideline to Amari Cooper. And it's like, okay, well, so now you're thinking if he can throw that so confidently, but then these shorter throws are giving him prop. What's what is exactly going on? And I think as as the game kind of went on, and Jake, I'm sure you can speak to this more coherently than I can. It, it started to feel like he was gaining confidence and gaining yes. more feel for basically just how to throw the football. And so, yeah, you you there was a point there where it felt like it kind of could go off the rails. I think you you know. I think there was a. I, I felt it at, at a time that if there was a the other team on offense could have pushed the Browns at all, it could have made it harder for Deshaun. I think it's one of the reasons why this was kind of the perfect get right game because he couldn't fail. He couldn't be put in a, a position of pressure because the defense always had his back. So as he was working through this, he kind of just kept, get, got to keep going out there, you know, and and they were never in a, in a script where he had to throw in a disadvantageous situation. So he was able to work his way through it. But yeah, I, I mean, I went from feeling even through halftime, uh, feeling, you know, worried, I would say concerned about what the rest of the season looks like because you, you worry that he's just not going to get it back to then in the second half feeling like, okay, it seems like he is going to be able to kind of work back to a level where, even if he's not feeling a hundred percent, he's going to be able to play through it. Me? Yeah, I'll chip in. I I think Watson was what I've kind of thought from the beginning is he needs to play. Like I don't, there's no other way to say it than he needs to play. When you miss this much time, these many games starting nine of 42 games over a stretch of a long stretch of football, like you just, you need to play. So I'm not, um, you know, you guys are the same as me. I'm frustrated watching them miss what feels like throws that they should religiously be able to make at the NFL level. I will say some are not totally on Deshaun. There were some drops early in that game. 
that I, that I noticed, and we'll we'll pick that apart and go through and and uh, you know f- figure some things out. But I, you know, there's there's like the biggest thing to me is pocket management. I think that got better as the game wore on. He started to feel like he could reset, and they did a pretty good job pr- protecting him. I, w- I want to say that too. Uh, not that the again the Cardinals are not presenting a bunch of perennial Pro Bowlers up front or anything like that, but they are NFL guys and they're coming after him. They're trying to earn their paychecks, and I thought they did a good job of protecting him. So with the job of protecting him, he got more comfortable as the game wore on, more ability to feel like he could step into some intermediate and deep throws. I agree with you, Andrew. I think we we're all like, okay, is the arm still Indianapolis level jacked up until you saw him rip the ball up the left sideline? So that was good to see, and I think it told himself that he could do it. Oh, okay, yeah, right. I can. I know I can. I've been doing it at practice, but that was in a real game. The crowd held their breath, and it happened, right? Like that exhale starts to happen. So, yeah, I felt encouraged. I think some of the underneath stuff is a collective issue that needs to be cleaned up, maybe where guys are turning and opening. Or, again, we need to see it on film a little bit, but it wasn't good enough today. I'm sure you guys would certainly agree to me with me. I think when you look at his grade tomorrow, the deep, the deep ball stuff was probably his best work. I think that the stuff underneath the one to nine yards will probably be pretty rough. When we see that grade, I don't think they completed enough of those, and they'll probably uh, be talking about that this week as a point of something they need to be better at against a really good Baltimore defense. So, uh, again, what did we want to see? I know, Brad, you and I talked about it at the lead-up podcast. We wanted to see and feel like Deshaun felt comfortable by the end of the game and started to do some things that looked like himself, and I thought he he did. I I still think there's – some stuff he's doing running that is going to get himself hurt again. Like he's got to stop taking hits. Like at times I'm listen, a first down against the Arizona Cardinals is not more important to me than you being out there for the remainder of the football season. I get that. Oh, this is how he plays. This is how, his job is to know how to keep himself safe. That's the job, especially as he's approaching 30 years of age and he's got a lot of wear and tear on that body. So he has to do better at that. He cannot, you know, roll out left and sneak back toward the middle of the field late and let 310 pound guys try to rip your head off. Like you have to be smarter than that. Keep yourself protected to the extent you can. Now, if a game's on the line and you have to run for a first down, I get it. It's the middle of the second quarter. You don't have, you don't need to be doing that. So that's stuff I want him to get better at. We'll watch the early stuff with the throws underneath that were causing a bunch of fits, but the deep stuff was great guys. Like it was really good. And you, you know, the stuff that you want to be able to do stretching the field. And I even thought there were a couple balls to Goodwin that were in the right spot from first watch on TV where you can see 75% of the field. I thought they were in the right spot, but you know, Goodwin is, listen, you want to, is a thing about people getting upset about Marquise Goodwin. You want to understand why a guy that fast has been on this many teams. If he gets touched, he's not bringing the ball in. It has yeah. to be open and he's got to run under it. That's what he's, that's what he's the only really thing he's great at. And that's good. That's got merit. That's got value. But if he gets touched, he's not bringing down many of those catches. So um, I'm not surprised those balls didn't get caught, but what I wanted to see was those footballs delivered. And I thought he did a good job of delivering those. We obviously know that the Cooper throws were fantastic. Uh, he did a great job of, of playing the helmet of that uh, defensive tackle perfectly for the ricochet touchdown. I thought that was really well done, almost like a <laughs> bocce ball scenario. I think that if you if you walk that back, he'll talk us through that, playing the perfect angle at 90 degrees, kind of like right off the helmet. Well uh, that was funny. I, we got to see what a veteran the quarterback knows how to do, and P.J. Walker yeah, yeah. didn't know how to do last week. 100%. Yeah, yeah so yep. he, yeah, that's the that's the example here. you got guys that can play Crafty helmet angles and guys that can't. So, you know, that's just the difference between contracts here. But – yeah, I mean, listen, the last, though, I think is what we all feel most encouraged about, the ball at the right sideline. That's like vintage Deshaun stuff where it's like the ball almost finds a second pair of 
legs down, like right at the last moment to get right where it needs to get. Like that was some really great stuff. So I know we were frustrated with some parts of the game, but overall to see him go through the game, take a couple hits, come out of it. Okay. And deliver some good throws late is nothing but encouraging considering where we were at before this game, before the week, take it, take it from that perspective before the week. So uh, I'm encouraged by it, guys. Yeah. Uh, so the, Early game stuff was super frustrating. It had me super worried, right? Like, the, everything was low and behind, it felt like, um, er, underneath. Everything was certainly low. A lot of it was felt behind. And it felt like he was late to a lot of it, too. Uh, that was frustrating. But you saw him kind of... So, the first pass to Cooper. Then I, I saw him visibly frustrated at the end of the first half yes. a little bit for the first time in the two-minute drill. But he, then he throws that ball to Moore that gets challenged and that got held up or whatever. But that was a pretty good ball. It was a little low, but a good decision and a good ball down the field. That kind of, I felt like, brought him back in a little bit because he was visible. You could see his body language kind of going a little bit. But they get that field goal there, and I thought that was big that he completed that pass and they scored there. Then the second half, there was a couple good throws, I thought. A uh, really good ball, I thought, to Goodwin. Even Stefanski mentioned that was the right read, even the one that, you know, hits him in the hands. He doesn't catch it. Incomplete. Still a pretty good ball. On a third and nine in the third quarter, late in the third quarter, he comes out and throws a uh, throw right off the top of his drop to Cooper for a first down. And it looked as smooth as he did all day. And then he hits him for the long one. So if you kind of felt it building up as the day went on, right? Like you could see his confidence building, his pocket presence building. And I guess that's kind of the best situation you can ask for, right? Like even though he struggled early, um, you want him feeling good coming out of this game. And it felt like he did. I'll say too, Andrew, I think you made a good point about like the stress of the game didn't ever feel like it hinged on them getting a third down, right? Like you felt watching Clayton tune pretty early on. Like you can kind of see where this is going to go, but there were a lot of the, the Browns ran the key runners ran 34 times for two and a half yards to carry. So they didn't run really well at all today. So there were the thing I liked is that, you know, I'm Mr. Preaching about reps, reps, reps. You got a lot of third down reps and that's when defenses are doing their most exotic stuff. So I don't know the numbers yet in terms of what they were able to complete on those third downs from a pass perspective, but I liked the exposure to like, Hey, it's third and nine, it's third and six, it's third and 12. And we need to throw it downfield to get some first downs and just getting exposure. Like if you're running well with that efficiency and they ran for 200 yards today, you probably don't see a ton of those third downs. He did see a high volume of those, which again, which you, when you go to Baltimore next weekend, you're going to get a lot of those exotic looks in those third and pass situations. So, uh, you know, those live bullets in this game, I think will we'll continue. And if people ask before the game, why bring him back for this one? Well, if he's feeling right, he just needs to play. The reps need to be there. And I, I think you guys would agree with me. I, I, I Getting him reps here to get going into Baltimore feels like yeah. a lot more. You could just, you, you can understand a lot more confidence going into that. So, and I hope it plays out that way. Uh, last comment I was going to say is he got absolutely hammered on that shoulder uh, on the one play, uh, the run play in the second quarter. I think you're alluding to yeah. when he ran. I mean, just absolutely blasted. Can't, I can't was, do that. He's got scared me stuff. to death. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I got pushback from people on Twitter saying, hey, he said he's not going to change. And I'm thinking, 
we just want him to play. I just want to see him on the field. Like, yeah. try to, you know, uh, he's not going to change. He's never going to, you know, the Watson, you know, support, like, you know, diehards are all saying, no, he's never going to change. That's just who he is. Come on, man. Get down. Save yourself. We need you on the field, certainly. Um, but I do think the fact that he took that hit and stayed in the game, I mean, it was square right on the right shoulder. It's hard, and he stayed in the game. So uh, that was encouraging. Although I would rather not see him take that hit, the fact that it didn't seem to phase him, I thought was a big deal. The thing that's, you know, uh, for me, the thing that is consistently reinforced, confidence is key all the time, but this is a dude you want to see out there with that swagger that he plays with. You want to see him getting up and, and showing off after first time because he plays better when he does that. And when he's got that, when his body language early in the game, when it was a little, like you said, Brad, when he was kind of visibly frustrated, shaking a little bit, that's not when you get the best version of Deshaun Watson. Once things opened up a little bit for him, he just, uh, the comfortability level and the confidence went through the roof. And man, Again, there's things to clean up, and there's going to be things to clean up, but th- some of those throws, that last ball to Amari Cooper is one of the best throws. I mean, you couldn't no, you couldn't have, have set a machine to throw that thing better than what Deshaun Watson did there, and that is super encouraging. And it's also encouraging to see that clearly he had a little discomfort because he kept moving his shoulder a little bit, but it wasn't enough to, to bring him out. It wasn't enough. It was an, It was to the point where he can play through it. And that, to me, feels like that's where this injury is just going to keep feeling better and better. He could, It's good enough now that he can play through it. Hopefully, it just keeps feeling better and better. So, uh, yeah, that was great. There was a moment. I don't know if you guys noticed it. Uh, there was a moment early in the game. We almost had another one of those Elijah Moore uh, backward pass situations. Do you remember the play where they had Watson by the ankles? I do. I do and very he turned clearly. backwards yeah. and he, like, faked. I believe. And he like pump faked it backwards. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, we're going to do this again. And and then he just took the sack. Mm-hmm. Growth, guys. Growth. <laughs> Growth. His, his, that play, Mike, is it's a good one to bring up because not only did he think about throwing it backwards, he also took an extra whatever sandwich hit from two more defenders. If he just goes down, like just you're already in the you're in the grasp. Just be be done. You can be done. He, you know, it's it's a weird thing. And I know, you know, uh, Brad, to your point, it's hard to criticize a player who wants to be tough and wants to give more, right? Because that's what we ask for a lot from a lot of players. And Jed Wills gets killed all the time for giving up on plays, right? So, so you know, I, I I understand that there's a little bit of a double standard here. But when you're the quarterback, when you're getting paid, when he's getting paid. The franchise rests on his shoulder for the rest of the season, right? The fate of the season is is basically on his health. Um, yeah, it, it just has to change. And he doesn't have to stop running. He just has to start sliding, which, you know, I, then I'm watching other other games all day long, quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I think it was Taylor Heineke. Instead of sliding, he did like a forward dive. Yeah. You know, he, he like, like he got to where he was about to experience contact and then he got low and dove forward. There are yeah. other ways to do this, Deshaun, rather than just getting rocked by every dude on the other team. There's a fine line between tough and stupid, man. And uh, exactly, I think NFL fans recognize the stupid part when they know that you need to be on the it's field. It's reckless. So yeah, it's, it's reckless. Uh, yeah. Slide and live to live to fight another down, man. Live to fight another down. Like it's okay to chuck it into the second row of the stands and and come back and 
and then and then play the next down and it's okay to not run back toward the middle of the field where there are those gigantic human beings waiting to to get that one opportunity to just put themselves in a highlight by hitting you like again he's never Deshaun has always been the best athlete on the field he's never experienced this stuff so he has to change and you know you're right Brad there will be the people who say he'll never change he'll never change that's who he is well brother if you want to play for the next five to seven years as you approach 30 mm-hmm. you got to stop because you can't mm-hmm. keep doing it and and hopefully he's smart enough to understand that because if he's not then he's gonna find himself really really hurt so that's that's the point I have for people like I am okay with Deshaun getting out scrambling extending plays laterally but you have to know at some point laterally you can't keep hanging on to it and let somebody get a hit on you when you could have just flipped it away into the first row and lived to fight the next down. Yeah. I'm okay with you running for a first down if you're not running back into the middle of chaos and having giving yourself a chance to get depleted, man. So I just uh, I'm asking him for him to be smarter about his body and asking him to just live to fight another down. It's not the end of the world to throw the football away at times and avoid somebody getting their hands on you. So hopefully today helped him i don't know I, I don't have much faith that it did but he's got to start at some point realizing like enough is enough with this hey last uh, last comment on ahead. watson uh the um one thing one takeaway i would say is that uh we've talked about for weeks with the turnovers and stuff uh like if we could just get an offense that could operate in some of these games it doesn't have to be great it just has to be okay and they would be fine right and of course this was arizona but they were I don't I don't think they were ever close to a turnover, right? Like I don't think he even put the ball in harm's way one no. time. So uh for that, uh you notice the difference between PJ Walker and him massively because the ball was never in doubt of being turned over, except for maybe the helmet ball, I would say. That was fortunate. Yeah, but we need to see the that. view on that to see like if the chance to see that because you watch it and you see that safety sort of pinching, but if that ball gets through it's probably got a chance to be caught. I just need to see it. I think the TV view stinks for some of that stuff sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, moving off of Deshaun. I want to talk about uh, another major element of the game today, which was the running attack. They ran the ball 40 times in this game. And from a numbers per- perspective, not great. Not great. I mean, you had uh, Jerome Ford, 20 carries for 44 yards. Uh, Kareem Hunt ran it 14 for 38. He looked okay at times. I did like that new little wrinkle that I don't remember having seen from them in the past. Kind of the the fake reverse outside run, and it worked a couple of times for them today. So I think there were some positives in the run game. But again, this is just the Browns run game without Nick Chubb, right, guys? This is this – is, it, it's a boomer bust. Sometimes they'll pick up 10 yards, but there's a lot of runs where they're picking up one or two yards. Uh, and that hey, that was how this game went. Hey, let's uh, let's let you know Pierre Strong only looked amazing last week. Let's let's take him completely out of the game plan this week, please. Yeah, All I don't right. I don't know what's up with that. Maybe there's something more to it. Maybe Kevin will touch on it throughout the week. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's strange to me uh, it, for sure. But but again, there could be something more to it. Maybe that we don't know publicly. But yeah, I mean. I think Arizona really had an idea that they wanted to make Watson throw, put it that way. No matter if it was Watson or PJ Walker, they're pretty determined to make those guys throw. I didn't, I didn't come away with much positive from the run game. What you were referencing, Mike, where their only decent runs of the day was off of that wildcat stuff, uh, direct snap to the back where they would 
kind of fake reverse. And I guess if you lead the NFL in reverses, you're eventually going to get people to stay home on those. So it's actually a nice right. little tendency breaker. So yeah, that was, those were fine. It was just off outside zone. I like the end zone goal line little, it's just a typical high school T formation from back in the day where they, they ran like a little off tackle, like a lead play. We used to call that 46 lead back in the day where I was from uh, that, that turned into a touchdown. But other than that, we watched the film was probably not going to be very kind. I actually thought they got their butts kicked up front a little bit and didn't run it very well, but they were determined to run it because they got out to a 13, nothing lead, pushed it to 20. And at that point it's like, you know, Arizona pretty much knew they were running it the whole time and they just wanted to run it to maintain the clock moving. So I'm not like discouraged beyond belief about that outcome, because I think that again, two teams knew what they were going to be doing and they just uh, almost like a preseason game, just wanted to sort of get to the end of this one. But uh, I I don't know that there's a ton of positive to take away from. And I, I think they kept a lot of some of the, wrinkle stuff that they like to do sort of close to the to the best there to to you know roll into the next two weeks when you're going to face some staunch defenses yeah anything else? i i just wanted to bring up the run game again i noticed the new little wrinkle uh but it looks like they're just trying to get things figured out and 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 i saw a comment before and it's probably very true and jake you just hit on it too you get out to a 13 nothing lead and then you get into that second half where it's 20 to nothing and 27 to nothing. And now you're just running the ball. You're just, you know, you're not trying to do anything too fancy. You're just running the ball. So I do think part of the efficiency numbers in the stat sheet are probably a little bit skewed as to they were just running the ball to run the clock out as quickly as possible, basically. But yeah, still some things to work on. And I don't know, Brad, that, that, I I don't know. Yeah. That's my thing is he's just, he feels more decisive. He gets up field. He was explosive last week. I'd like to see them, use him more in the run game like uh, I, all three backs can have a place in this run game none of them are are you know bell cow extraordinaire that they should be dominating all the snaps i know that's that some of this uh is a rhythm thing right um that running backs have to get in a rhythm so i i understand that aspect of it but i just to me he feels like at times like their best option at, at least you know, in certain kinds of runs, and and maybe you guys could speak to this more, but in certain kinds of runs where identify a a hole, make one cut and get upfield, he feels like the most appropriate guy to do so. At times, I think that Ford dances a little too much, um, and Kareem has just lost a step as far as speed, but he always falls forward. So uh, there's something to that, right? He always falls forward for the extra yard, and he punishes people. but yeah, I just explosive wise, strong feels like the answer. Boys, uh, anything else that we didn't hit on offensively? I don't know if you guys want to get into the receivers. We saw Cedric Tillman make a catch in this game. Uh, only two targets for Elijah Moore. Obviously, uh, Amari Cooper was great. Njoku got into the end zone. Anything else offensively before I send it over to the defensive side of the ball that you guys want to touch on? They did just enough uh, to to win. To, you know, to be effective, three hundred twenty six yards. The only thing I'll say, not having watched it back and giving feedback on grades, Amari Cooper continues to be phenomenal. I mean, mm. like, mm. again, he's he's. I, I have to think he's the team MVP at this point. It's not particularly close in terms of the offensive side of the ball. Um, the uh, I don't want him to grab at his foot again. That gave me a little bit of a queasy feeling there. <laughs> they, in in some way, shape, or form, it was good to see David involved, right? Not what eye-popping numbers, four for 26, but they're clearly focusing on getting him the football, which is what they need to be doing, right? So that's encouraging, and again, they did that for a half before like they were done. Like they, they were clearly done scheming yeah. anything up. They were just going to run very vanilla stuff. They need a second receiver to establish himself. 
the obvious leader in the clubhouse is Elijah Moore. They, they, they really need to figure out some production from whoever the next up is that position. If it's, if it's uh, the F role in the slot, or if it's uh, Tillman playing X Tillman, had one target for three yards. I don't know the snap count numbers, but they need somebody outside of Cooper and David to be a real part of production here. And that's kind of, I don't have anything to really say about how to do it or why they're not getting to those players more often. But I know that Baltimore is going to go into next week and say, we're going to take away. We're going to double team Amari as much yep. as we can. We're going to high low him. They'll cover six in his direction. So we have a shallow and a deep answer for him. And then, you know, going to play David with a lot of attention over the middle of the field. And then it's like, we'll just take our, our gamble with Tillman and, and Elijah Moore. Like they're going to do that. So, um, yeah, anyway, that that's that's my general thought on it. They The only thing about the offense that can remain, like what do they need to do to be better is some production from some receiver outside of what we've seen. But, again, credit to Amari Cooper, who was, again, phenomenal, really great. So look at, today. look at how strange this picture is. Um, the ball is in his hands. Sorry. Anybody else notice that? The ball is in his hands, and look at his helmet, eyes, head. It's like a baseball player of, who should be following the ball. It's just sort kind of, of weird. Like coordination. The, and the DB, they're both I, looking up in the air. Catch, I think if you catch most plays, it's going to look like this, to be honest. AI, AI generated, right? Is what someone said. Here yeah, we go. Say, this, is weird this, looking. Is, this is fake. This is a fake picture. Oh, this yeah. is fake. Okay, somebody put the ball in there. I got gotcha. you. Deep fake. Yep. Deep fake. Deep fake. Defense, though, None we should hit on those guys. Those guys no, let's talk defense. Let's talk. Let's talk defense. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns defense that held the Arizona Cardinals to their lowest uh, yardage total since 1957 or something like that. And before we start talking about, oh, but look who they did it against, Clayton Toon and whatever. I'm old enough to remember 2019 when the Cleveland Browns let Brandon Allen uh, beat him up in a game and nobody has heard from that dude since, right? Like, there is no guarantee that just because it's a, a rookie or a young guy or whatever, they're going to come out and be bad. And the Cleveland Browns just stepped all over the throat of the Arizona Cardinals offense. Uh, offensively, the Cardinals came in as one of the best rushing teams in football. They didn't get anything going rushing the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. The turnovers were there. I mean, it was a spot-on immaculate performance by by all levels of the Cleveland Browns defense. So this was the lowest output the Cardinals have had since, what, the 50s? Yeah, the fifties. We're sure yeah. there were some bad Rod Tidwell Cardinals teams that that I don't know that they move the football too well. All right, very esoteric one for some of you out there. Uh, you had me at hello. So um, I would say that you're you're right about the money. You're right about um, the the first drive. I, I will say this, Brad. I talked to you before the game in the pod we did leading up to it. This game sort of reminded me of the was it Tim Tim Boyle uh, Detroit yep. start in twenty twenty one. Same sort of like. Weather Get forecast, right. although it turned in a little bit nicer. I looked back at that while we were talking. Wait, was there another they, weather forecasting debacle? Oh, no, there was you, just now like you there was, Andrew's it was, interest. It was, it was windy, so we were like, okay, I'm trying to think of like a mid-season game. Uh, it was week 11 that Detroit game was, but they no, uh, the, the, the line nice. went for 260 yards that game. You know, so like it was a 13-10 right. final, right. but the lines went for 260. They, like DeAndre yeah. Swift ran for like 140 yards, so. Yeah, I mean, I, not that the Lions were running out James Conner and, and DeMarcado or anything like that, but they had no they had no answers. After the first driver, they hit like a run for 10 yards. They had nothing. The Browns were living in the backfield again, as they tend to do. I think that the Cardinals were one of the best teams at yards before contact in the rush perspective. 
And yes. the Browns, I'll look back at the stats at this one. They, the yards before contact had to be close to the line of scrimmage or behind it. So they lived on the other side of the football. Clayton Toon sort of is who we should be expecting more rookie quarterbacks who are late round picks to come into the stadium and play, right? Like scar tissue from Bailey Zappi and some of those guys over the years. But like, oh this God. is what it should look like. Right. And they dominated him. He was uncomfortable. And it was really fun to, to have your defense on the field and be like, hey, the Cardinals might get some fluky first down on a penalty or something, but they're not going to score. That's a, that's a really great feeling, you know, as a fan to know that that's the case. And to, to your point, Andrew, help relieve a lot of the burden on Deshaun Watson uh, in his like need to be great in this game. So that was really encouraging. And, you know, it's the NFL. These are NFL guys holding a team to seven first downs, one of 12 on third downs throughout the game, 58 total net yards, uh, averaging 1.2 yards per play. That's special stuff, you know, it's special stuff. And, and this is the this stacks into the situation where the Browns have played some of these really, you know, teams with bad offenses, they're dominating them, which is what you're supposed to do. Now we need to see them step up next week with Baltimore and, and put a showcase together against a really good offense. That's what we need to see. So hats off today. Big tip of the cap. Jim Schwartz. Nice game. Let's Andrew. talk about boys. Let's talk about uh, Andrew. Let's talk, just kind of go through the positions. Let's start with that defensive line because Outside of Okoronko, who I still think played a pretty darn good game, everybody on that defensive line was disruptive. Everybody had at least a sack. Jordan Elliott, uh, I think Dalvin Tomlinson had two and a half sacks. Shelby Harris was in everywhere. He was everywhere in this game. He had a sack. Miles Garrett, obviously. Uh, that defensive line was absolutely on fire all game long both in the run game and in the pass game, and they made Clayton Tude's life miserable. Yeah, it was incredibly impressive. Uh, I, I mean, I think, you know, you get used to it from Miles Garrett, right? Like, right, to a yeah. certain extent where you kind of are like, oh, yeah, he's just beating the hell out of DJ Humphreys on every play, and, and he's having to hold him just to keep to stay even with him and all these sorts of things, and it, it starts to feel not ever ho-hum with Miles because he makes everything look spectacular well. He does it, but also you kind of expect to see it. The, the game that Dalvin Tomlinson had, I just really wasn't – I know that he has been very instrumental for this defense this year, but yeah. he hasn't been doing it through those sorts of splash plays. He's been kind of more the glue that holds the defensive line together, but this was kind of his – this was his week, man, and it was really cool to see him hanging out in yes. the locker room celebrating. You know, He's got this uh, Thanos glove celebration that he does that I think I, I, I think we all find incredibly endearing, right? It's just I don't want to interrupt Mohurst you. rubbing want, his belly. I want right? you to rank so, these. I need you to rank these. So you got the Thanos glove. Yep. You got it's a gauntlet. Rub, like, sorry, um, gauntlet. Yeah. You know the gauntlet, yeah. whatever. Sure. Cool. Important. You know you got the belly rub. You got the 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 like Okoronkwo sort of like I can't even do it in this little box here. He's got yeah. this very Please very. Don't. It well, it'd be great. I'm telling you. Um, he's got the dance. <laughs> Who we'll am I missing? Reported. Miles doesn't really have Miles gets Zedarius, so many different plays. Zedarius like crawls on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. My, I need. Yeah. Miles just those. sort of contemplates his greatness Denzel, often. Yeah. You know, he'll just kind of stand there Nothing. and be like, "Look what I did." Yeah. There's yeah, nothing I, better than the belly rub. There's not this. It's one. It's one. There. It's one, and then a very fall far until the next one. Mm, the belly awesome. rub. It's the greatest celebration potentially in all of sports. Yeah. Then the, I really do like when Dalvin puts on the glove from the, the comic movies. Like he puts like that glove on. Yeah. It's really cool. So yeah. Um, yeah. From yeah. the comics. Oh, yeah, from, I agree the, with the chat. The Justice League. Justice League glove he puts on. I really love that. So, Jok's yeah, little J-O-K. jig. Yeah, yeah. If we're not doing. If we're not limiting it to that's... just the defensive line, whatever sort of JOK horse riding thing he's doing, there, that uh, was yeah. the. I don't remember who even made the play. Somebody made a play, and JOK came from off screen mm -hmm. 
and yeah. just danced his way into the play. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. these boys are having a day. It's, these it's boys are having a day today. Such energy. Yeah. yeah, I would re-sign him just to wa- continue to watch him make those sorts of like to the, the the dancing and energy that JOK brings is worth it to me. I don't you can you can talk numbers all you want, but that's uh you chalk that up as a win in my book. Yeah, no, I it was an incredible performance by the defense, and the defensive line definitely led the way. I also think the secondary, um, yes. you know, to, to kind of jump ahead, Mike, to a different position yeah, no, it's on the fine. defense. Um, the the secondary I thought was just suffocating, you know. Um Denzel Ward, the way that he was abusing Hollywood Brown on some of those plays, like he's he is he's playing at a really high level right now that of course you know this will be a lot easier to see when you get the the tape but it it felt like a lot of the times some of the pressure was because i mean it's it's a rookie quarterback but also there were no no easy answers right everybody was was covered up well and i think ward to me stood out really as i mean that interception was an insane play so I would be hard. I, I I think the defensive line put the numbers up, but I think the secondary. My hunch is that they played really, really well. Well, and think about the names you guys didn't hear today, and they mentioned this on the broadcast. You didn't hear Martin Emerson's name hardly Not at once. all. You didn't hear Thornhill's name hardly at all. You heard. I mean, Grant Delpit was in there again, being the type of safety that he is. He was in there making plays all around the line of scrimmage all game long, and Denzel Ward had the game that he had. But like, it was, it wasn't. It was. It's not a bad thing that you weren't hearing their name. It was, they were. They weren't given anywhere any room to throw the ball. Like yeah. it just. They were locking everybody down. I was just gonna say real quick. I mean, first of all, uh, Jordan Elliott has been playing so much better. It's incredible. He needs to be mentioned, right? Like another sack sure. today um, for all the shit that he's been given. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, that it's fine. uh OBR after hours yeah <clears throat> so yeah uh he should be mentioned uh including me i I've, I've given him a lot of that too so uh but you know shelby harris with the strip sack two and a half sacks delvin tomlinson uh grant delpit with 10 tackles today um he dude is just everywhere and we're gonna have to probably get serious uh about talking extension with delpit soon i i would think right like i mean um, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I think that seems, feels like a no-brainer at this point of the season. So yeah, I'm in on um, that. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the the main thing though I would say about the defense is great performance all around. Everybody gets a little, you know, everybody eats right. Even Zedarius gets a sack. Everybody eats in this, and that's what's fun about it, right? But like literally, they have to dial up a a gem this week if they want a chance to beat this baltimore team this needs to be their scheme it up take them apart game of the year a pitch you know and everything needs to be clicking uh and uh, jim schwartz needs to put in a one hell of a game plan uh to slow down lamar and the in baltimore so it's a good game to bounce off of that into right because you're feeling good about everything but it really, this is this is where you need this defense to have a chance to win this game. You're going to need them to be huge, I think. I also like that Miles got a fumble recovery off of somebody else's work definitely. because, like, definitely, it's always funny when you watch the Steelers and the quarterback like turns it all around and does the hokey pokey and lands in TJ Watt's lap for a sack. I always find that to be pretty funny. And yeah. then like he'll recover an Alex Highsmith strip sack and run into the end zone. And everybody will be like, look at these counting stats from TJ Watt. What an yep. amazing player. So I like when Miles gets some of those things that just uh, fortune puts them in his lap too because that stuff gets really old really quick. So 
Yeah, I just wanted to say that out loud, and hopefully that stays here and doesn't find its way to anyone else on social. Yeah, I'm they, sure that's going to happen. Nobody clips sure, that. Sure, sure it's that's the worst happen, fan Jake. base in the world to uh, to interact with on on Twitter. So, yeah. oh yeah, and just generally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I do want to give a little bit of love. Uh, Taki Taki played a pretty nice game. He had a couple big hits uh, mm-hmm. in, in run defense. Uh, he he laid out the running back on one of the plays, and then obviously that that really good read on the interception by Taki. JOK mm-hmm. played well. Uh, the linebacking core was good in this game. Like just the whole defense. Just the the we should just say all of their names. I feel like because everybody seemed to make a contribution. And it, yes, it's not a good Arizona offense, but it doesn't matter when you play like that. Uh, I believe somebody said it in the comments before. I think it was 250 some games since the last Cleveland Browns shutout. Yep, 07. So think that about is that. wild. That yeah, is think wild. About that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Right on. So it doesn't matter who it's against. Doesn't right. matter who you played. You no, pitch a shutout in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, I actually think that's the biggest picture thing of the the defensive performance. Is like I know that you some some I. I guess maybe a few people have tried to diminish it because it's against the Cardinals, but like even really bad NFL offenses get to a hundred to 150 yards, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's, right. it's a parody league. Everybody can do this. Usually through the course of a game, a, an offense will find something that works for them, go to it a few times and they get to like the, the low hundreds at least. If you look through like, you know, lists of games where the uh, one team gains a hundred less than a hundred yards, usually it's a weather or injury situation, right? Absent that, it, it's very rare for a team to put out this little offense over the course of a game. So it's it's really, you know, we have at times talked about this defense in terms of, you know, being a little bit of a product of their schedule. I think the flip side of that is they know how to absolutely destroy offenses that are not able to beat them honestly, right? When you think about what Lamar Jackson did to them, even a little bit of what Geno Smith did last week, making a few really key throws. If you can't do that, you're not going to party. Like they they will not let you into the party. They will turn you away at the door, and you just won't move the ball. I don't have that name on my list. I don't have exactly. that name on my list. That's you gotta it. go home. I was Clayton Tune. You're out of bounce. To your point, um, I don't. I know they didn't take any snaps in the red zone. I would like to see a figure on how many snaps they took on. Did they cross the fifty? I think they, they did, did on that yeah. opening they, drive. Yeah, yeah. Yep. they were over so, there. But, I think twice, maybe. But it was. Yeah, I think was later in the game too. Yeah, certainly. A reminder that they played Baltimore to thirty-one twenty-four the week before. So you know, I know yes. they had Josh Dobbs. Great, but point. Josh, Great point. Josh Dobbs that they wanted to bench and get rid of, and you know, mm-hmm. I understand it's Clayton Tune. It doesn't miss me, but I don't think when I turn back the film tomorrow, I'm going to see Clayton Tune just missing a bunch of open receivers. So. Uh, yeah, this this Arizona exactly. team was just they, they had no answer. They had no answer. And, so that, and that they kept showing. Yeah. They kept showing Jim Schwartz on the sideline. You could tell how much it meant to them to get a shutout. Definitely. Like Schwartz was pacing Definitely. up and it's down do the sidelines. Period. He was pacing. Those guys, they were feeling it. They wanted that shutout. So that's a really cool, a real, what just, oh, are you excited for the shutout, Jake? Yeah, I'm celebrating. A little, a little confetti celebration. Fireworks. Fireworks. That, that looks like you have a weird haircut. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, there's one name that we haven't brought up here today that. Corey Marquez. Uh, Nope, that ain't it. Uh, but are we get, he's Jake, though. what's your guess? He's great. I said Prochet. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the name that has nice. been going in the, in the cha- in the chat this whole time. Yeah. Um, it was kind of weird to see another number eleven out there. That was kind of strange. Pour one uh, out for my dog. Miss you, DPJ. All the best, I miss man. Him too. I miss but him already. Pretty today, today, yeah. 
today wasn't a good step in the everybody else missing DPJ era, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, again, it was the same cardio for the other receiver that played his role. They had no action. Tillman had one catch for three yards, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, so nothing changed there. But, yeah, to your guys' point, I thought Prochet was a nice job stepping under the football, catching it and returning it. It would be really great. I was actually thinking about this after the game as some deep thought. It would be cool if they'd stop holding. So I've actually oh. been been doing hmm. some deep thought on that. Is that legal? And and if you lose ten yards on a great return, it's very frustrating. So hmm. I would prefer that they cut that Oof. out. But again, for the analysis part of this deep dive show, I thought he was really good and very decisive. And cut anytime you can cut ten yards out of a punt's net, that is an extremely strong return. And he did that like four times today. So yep. I, I thought that that was really well done by him, and he looks good and comfortable. And uh, I would prefer to see nobody else returning punts. I think that's yeah. his job if he wants Agreed. it. They can keep him on the, you know, they can elevate him a couple more times, right? But they yeah. uh, will probably end up signing him. So yeah, right on. I'm a little upset they just handed him eleven. Like, come on. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a little too that's a little too fast for my. Yeah, my it was case. very soon, very soon. Yeah, they don't really care though. They they they, they did do that not with, like, care. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is close to having his number retired, and he was here for three and a half years. Yeah. Well, you know, if we if we keep uh, keep the you got to keep talking about him, and before you know it, you'll be yeah, on the Ring of like Honor. Venerating the bar is low. The bar is low, Andrew. The bar is low. <laughs> it's not that low. Yes. I, I'm good, all man. Right. Uh, all right. Let's talk about one last thing that that we didn't really hit on too much. Uh, but before we get out of here, and this is important <laughs> for the Cleveland Browns moving forward. Uh, one big injury today. We don't know yeah. the extent of it, but it was an injury where a player had to be carted off the field. Jed Wills uh, got rolled up on. There wasn't anything that looked apparent in the way he got rolled up on, but whatever it was made him, it, it really hurt the guy. Uh, so obviously they're going to come out with news on what that injury is. Assuming Jed Wills has to miss significant time, what's this look like for this Cleveland Browns offensive line, especially going into these two games against the Ravens and the Steelers? Uh, I'll just say this. I, I don't know the answer. I, I, you guys might have a better idea of what they're going to do, but hopefully it's not James Hudson. I think it has to be. Who else is I don't know who else it's going to be. I mean, yeah. in a pinch like this, I guess who did they just sign? Um, Jerron Christian. Esther, who was it? Jerron Christian. Yeah, okay. but then, then they practice squad somebody else too. Oh. I don't know who the answer is. I, I mean, Some like guy with it weighed two hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, I saw some pictures of him. I don't know if that's Speed. so real, but I would say it's probably Hudson. Yeah, I would also be... say this, like I, you know, like Jed, but he hasn't been very good. So it's not like. I just don't think there's some gigantic fall off here that's set to happen where maybe you go from like. I don't know, like the, the Dolphins missing Tron Armstead or something like that. Like he clearly has not been playing well. The win rate stuff is not good. He's had a better ish couple weeks leading up to this. But yeah, I think that if you replace him with Hudson, it's kind of like, eh, I, I don't really see it as a gigantic difference based on performance this year. But that's just me. We'll have to see what it ultimately looks like. I know the Ravens will get unique and try to do some things to frustrate him. But yeah, it's uh, it's never good. You know, I mean, a guy who's played left tackle now for four years, like losing that player to a knee injury, as we think it is, or if it's a broken leg or whatever happened here, I don't, I don't totally know. But it's not. I'm not sitting here celebrating this by any stretch. It's not good to lose Jed, but I think in terms of like, can they find somebody to replicate at least where he was playing? I think they can. They have a better chance of finding that than they do with somebody like Joel or, 
you know, sure. uh, I, I think Wyatt Teller or, or you know, DeWand was playing better than Jed this year. So uh, I hope that they can solve it. I don't think they need to get too crazy and try to figure out an answer either through practice squads or if Hudson, the Hudson will probably get the first crack at it, which is what's going on in games. So it's not yeah. optimal, obviously, guys, it's not optimal, but it's uh, it's, it's who it is. So we'll the, see how it goes. The thing that bothers me the most about it is that it seemed like he had I don't know. Maybe he hadn't. It's felt like he had maybe turned a corner a little bit here the past few games. Am he was I wrong playing to a little bit that? better. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit better, but he still gave up, you know, team leading pressures last week. I, th- I mean, it's like, I just think again, if you're looking at, it's not optimal to lose like a guy like, you know, uh, Jack Conklin at the beginning of the year, but someone's got to step up. Someone's got to figure it out. And I don't think that you're losing an all pro talent there that you have to replace, but I would prefer to play the games this year with Jedrick Wills. I'm just, I'm being upfront about that, but like, I don't think that this is a disastrous injury is my general point. I I, I don't view it that way. Just me. Good. No, that's good. Well, we'll find out. I know a lot of people immediately go to the throw Joe Batonio over there and then see what you can do somewhere else. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't really want to do that. I'd prefer to keep no hole at left guard. Would be great. I, just don't th- I also don't think that's really tackle. how it works. You know, that's right? Not how like, it works. It's just not how it works. I, I don't think it's fair to the all-pro player at left guard to ask him to play a different position. Half. Well, I think I think Joel could do what Joel has showed you. He can do it. I don't. No, I, I think, know he can. I think he's one of the rare people that you could do that with. But I, you're now you're just creating another hole, and there's no reason to do that. Yeah, he's no done it. I mean, do he's that. done it before, so he could do it. It's just he's also had a knee scope this year, and he's not playing his best ball right now. So right. I just think Joel would probably even answer that if you asked him hey man would you do this he'd probably say no nah, i need to stay where i'm at and yeah you know continue on the path i'm at and i'll help you get whoever's there ready to go but yeah i i don't uh i don't get the vibe that's even an option where they as they entertained it a couple years back uh you know i don't remember which game he started left is it green bay i, yeah, I, I can't green bay. and it was yeah. more it was really more of an emergency situation it, Correct. it wasn't yeah. it was because they didn't have other players but they did a good job of adding tackle depth to the practice squad to replace Tyne Seki, who tore his biceps, I think, uh, yeah. last week. Yeah, uh, the chat's asking about him. So, yeah. I yeah was just I'm pretty sure he's got a torn biceps it. muscle, yeah. so he's done for the season. That's that's yep. over. So yeah. so now it's the guy they added to the practice squad, Jerron Christian. People are bringing up Alex Leatherwood. I suppose, you know, if he's made strides right. over the course of the season, I, I mean, who knows? I, I think they'll evaluate their options. Lyle Collins is a free agent still. So, you know, I, I, they're going to have to add somebody you know, either from internally or externally because they, they'll need another player. I think Jed is headed to the IR and is, is done for the season. So yeah. they'll add somebody, but as, to, as far as next Watson. week in Baltimore. That's who it is that they signed. Leroy oh, Watson. The, the practice squad player from the 49ers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Leroy. Yeah, that, that's Watson. a name that yeah. could be out there. Yeah. It, it could does be the sound, swing tackle next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It yep. does sound like a fake name, but his name is Leroy Watson. So It's not what? great. Yep. It's not ideal, right? Not yeah. ideal, but again. Brad. Jed has not been uh not been a guy that has been right. you know setting the world on fire either. So, you know, you, you see teams all the time go out and play down linemen and you got to figure out a way to get it done. So, hopefully they figure out a way to scheme it up. Got to do it. Well, well and done. and again, thoughts uh, you know, we talk about the football aspect, but you know, obviously thoughts go to Jed too. I mean, that's a that's that's a bad knee injury and hopefully they get him squared away and he gets feeling better and on the road to recovery uh, ASAP. So, All right, boys. Well, listen, uh, the Cleveland Browns take down the Arizona Cardinals, the fifth win of the season. Five and three, I think, is an area where a lot of us kind of thought the Browns were going to be this season. Maybe looked a little different than we thought it was going to look 
uh, as we predicted things coming into the season, but still five and three through the first nine weeks of the season when you throw in the bye week. Uh, and, uh, you know, everything's still there in front of in front of the Browns. Everything is still there. And it starts with these next two games, uh, because if the Browns can figure out a way to come out uh, against Baltimore and Pittsburgh and make something happen, um, that that is a launching point for the season. So big two games coming up for the Cleveland Browns, but they did what they had to do today. Their first shutout victory since 2007, the lowest yard total for the Arizona Cardinals since the 50s. Uh, the Browns were absolutely dominant today, and they even got their quarterback feeling a little bit better and looking better at the end of the game as well. So hopefully they can carry some of them that momentum on. Boys, is there anything else you guys want to hit on before we get out of here? Good win. Big week. Massive week. Got to go get it. Got to have it. I Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's definitely going to get hyped up as the biggest game of the season for the Browns because it, it is – of the yeah. biggest game of the season so far. Um, I, I, it's tough to say this, but obviously I would love for them to win. Their season's not over if they lose. That's that's no. the that's the reality of the situation. It's it's going to be tougher with every successive division loss and conference loss to win. You know, a wild card berth with the tiebreakers going against them. But uh, I, I, you know, this is a really tough assignment. The Baltimore Ravens are playing about as well as a football team in the NFL can play right now, and. The Browns just lost their starting left tackle, and uh, you know their quarterback is still coming back from an injury. They're they're the Browns are in a little bit of an injury jam right now, and yeah. uh, I, I think it's I think it's a very tough assignment. So I, you know I think the the crucial part here is to go one and one over the next two weeks. I think yeah. that's that's yeah. non negotiable. Yeah, because well, I will say if you lose this one ahead. to the Ravens and the Ravens go to eight and two, you're zero oh and two against the Ravens. I think the division is probably that's what I'm saying. You're you're probably right. done, but that's not. Right. The end, that's of the, the end of the season. Great, yeah. great, right on. I think we're all saying the same thing, but yeah, the division gets really steep if they go to eight and two and you fall to zero and two against them. But yeah, one and one is the goal. Uh, you know, it would be a really monumental win for Kevin and the group to go to Baltimore and get a win there and keep themselves in the in a in a spot to win uh, the division. That would be really cool to see. So it's a great opportunity, put it that way, before you come home for Pittsburgh. But like Andrew said, one sure. and one is the goal. That would be great to get to six and four with the stretch following it. And that, that would be great. But yeah, as we shift all of our focus to Baltimore playing as good as any football team in the NFL. Uh, so that's going to be a really unique challenge, but not to jump forward too far because you get to enjoy your victory Monday, your Cleveland Browns kick some butt on Sunday. We haven't seen enough of that over the last two decades. So enjoy every single second of it. And uh, yeah, you know, like these performances from a defensive perspective do not come around very often. Uh, not you know so so like Don't i said sit back enjoy the stats that come up the film that comes up and and uh get excited about the future that's the thing because there's a there's a bright future here if everything aligns and if you want a positive spin for next week, I don't know what has happened over the past several years, but the browns always seem to play Baltimore better in Baltimore than in Cleveland so uh going on the road to Baltimore. Uh, the Browns seem to play pretty well there. So we'll see if they can continue that trend this week. That's going to do it for us here on the game day rewind. Again, the Cleveland Browns beat the Arizona Cardinals today, 27 to nothing uh, in a shutout uh, for the guys here on screen, Andrew, Jake, Brad, for Ian McBride in the background. Uh, shout out to all of you guys that joined us live here tonight. Everybody that did the gifted subs early in the game and all of you guys that just kept the chat moving. Uh, we saw it. We were watching the comments. Uh, we appreciate you. We we appreciate uh, you guys supporting the OBR and make sure you're tuned in to the OBR all week as we're going to have shows. Jake will be back tomorrow uh, for Chalk Talk. 
I'll have I'll be back on Tuesday for the doghouse and for garage beers. Wednesday it'll be Barry and Fred for OBR Weekly. Thursday it'll be Brad. All eyes on Cleveland. Check out the podcast with Jake and Andrew uh, this week as well as it all leads into this next weekend's game against the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to do it for us. The Browns win. Go celebrate. Have a good week. And we will see you all week long on the OBR Streaming Network. Cheers and go Browns, everybody. Get locked in. Get locked in.